This is Big Tasty Sports. We are approaching the home stretch of the NFL season, which is a little bit sad, but that's the way life goes. Yanni's back with me to look ahead at the Week 12 games as we get a lot of action for Turkey Day. Yanni, you looking forward to the this week where the games are a bit spread out? I love it, man. It's like football every day. I don't know about everybody, but I know for me, you get some time off of work. You, you can really focus on the games, have some fun. It's good, man. I like it. Uh, I love that, too. Anytime you can get a couple days off of work and chill, have some good food, see some family, watch some football. Seems pretty good. For so. sure. All right. Well, we are going to talk about all of the thir- Thanksgiving games. Maybe see if we can, uh, you know, have a little teaser or something for Thanksgiving. That's always fun to do. We'll talk about the Black Friday game and uh, some pick off some other spots from the main slate as well. Uh, if you are not already doing it, please do go follow at Yanni underscore bet and at the bet crushers, as well as at Big Tasty Sports. Uh, like subscribe comment you know the drill because everybody says it on every single youtube video so we should just have a shorthand that's like stuff and everybody knows what that means because it's all the same but anyway do all that stuff and here we go talking about some football all right first game twelve thirty eastern the packers fresh off a win against oh the chargers maybe we'll talk about the chargers later i don't know mm-hmm. going to detroit who had that uh, big comeback win against Chicago played pretty terrible for most of the game, but still got the win. Detroit is minus seven and a half. And the total here is 47 and a half. Yanni, do you think Detroit bounces back and puts together a better game and is able to dominate green Bay? Or is this a, a close game to start off Thanksgiving? I think that this is not going to be a great game, um, to be honest with you. And it seems kind of crazy because you think, ah, divisional game. We know the Packers have have pretty much owned the Lions for the better part of the last couple decades. But there's a matchup issue here that's a big, big problem. So I think when you go back, you kind of touched on it. The Lions had really a, a pretty bad game overall, at least offensively last week. Yep. And, and even defensively, they started out kind of slow, although their defense came on uh, later in the game. Their offense certainly didn't do them any favors, putting them in, in bad position. But offensively they, offensively, they weren't very good, which was a little bit of a surprise. But I think when you step back, there's two things I look at here. Number one, to me, that's kind of a sign of a good team. They didn't play their best. In fact, they played arguably as bad as they played, you know, all year, and they still found a way to win. So, you know, that to me says, okay, this team's pretty good. You flip to the other side, and I think this Packers team is not very good. Um, you know, I know Jordan Love played, you know, one of his better games this last week, but they were kind of beating up on a Chargers team that's defense just can't really stop anyone. So I think it's going to be a little bit different with them going on the road in this game, you know, short week, obviously. And yes, I know they do know their opponent, but going into it, I think that's a lot to ask. And here's where I see a huge problem for the Packers here. This Packers team, even when they're winning over the last decade during, let's call it the Aaron Rodgers era here, they have been soft against the run and it's kind of been just who they are that continues this year. They're not great against the run. I think that Detroit is going to line up. I think we're going to see a lot of David Montgomery, a lot of Jameer Gibbs, and I think they're going to run the ball down their throat here, to be honest with you. I don't think the Packers can stop it. 
when you look at why Goff struggled a little bit this last week, there's a couple things you can point to there. They were running the ball okay, but not nearly as well as they were. And I think you can put that on the Bears defense being one of the better run-stopping units in, in the league. That's not going to be the case with the Packers. So I think Goff is going to have the luxury of things like play action. He's not going to have to throw in obvious passing situations. And I think when you look at that there, it's just going to be too much. And then you flip the script there. Is Jordan Love going to repeat that on the road where his rookies are making you know big plays and doing things like they, they were getting against the Chargers? I don't think so. So I, I'll be honest. I don't think this game ends up being very close. I think Detroit wins this by, by double digits here. So for me, I'm probably playing two things here. I'm probably laying the points with Detroit um, at seven and a half. And I will say, you know, I played this at minus seven. So you could argue that you don't want to play the stale number here. But, you know, seven, seven and a half, I think you can play it there even with the half point there. But I think to me, this is also an automatic teaser. And we can talk about Thanksgiving Day teasers or others. But when you look at it, this is just the, the it, it's one and a half points in a teaser. They're at home a better team, great matchup. Are they going to lose this game? I don't think so. Yanni, I was hoping maybe we'd start out this show with a disagreement, you know, that we'd, we'd just have a, a, a hot debate to start out, but it's not going to be that way. I feel the same way. In fact, I think that the games from last week can kind of throw you off the scent of these teams at times. We can talk about recency bias. Uh, the Packers, I agree, I think are really not a good team. And uh, Jordan Love has struggled in so many different ways this season, and this defense, I think, is going to be really problematic for him to go up against. There's going to be pressure that he's going to have to face. The The back end of that defense is solid enough. Uh, but the bigger thing for me, and you talked about it with the run game for the Lions, I, I, I've said this before, but I love how balanced the Lions are on offense. They have a really good passing game, and they have a really good running game, and when they can get both going, I just think you're in trouble. Um, Detroit actually reminds me of Miami a little bit in this way, not, not in every way. The, the personnel is not the same, but you look at that game against Chicago last week and the playing terrible, uh, golf had three interceptions. He probably could have had six. Uh, I mean, he just, I, I mean, it was ridiculous how poorly he was throwing the ball and where he was putting it. They play this whole game badly. And then in four and a half minutes, they just go score 16 points or whatever it is, put the game away. That's the kind of thing that Miami can do to you as well. So you're just never safe against Detroit. And I think Detroit, I think that game last week helps them to not be too complacent. I think playing on Thanksgiving Day is a good thing. So I think they come out here and put it together from the jump. And I can, this is one of those games we had a few last week where we talked about potential alt, uh, alt spreads. This is one where I can see it. I, I can see them winning this game by 20 points. Now, that said, I still, uh, it's a good job by you getting the seven because I hate laying that hook no matter what, just because seven and a half feels so much worse. So I haven't bet it yet, but I definitely will think about it. I think they should dominate here. I might consider looking at a first half bet as well as another angle that I think I wouldn't mind. And certainly the teaser. I'm with you on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, any thoughts on the total for this one before we move on? Uh, 46 and a half, 47 and a half, depending where you're looking. I, it seems a little high to me only because I don't trust the Packers, um, you, you know, to necessarily hold up their end of the bargain here. I mean, like you said, 
this could end up being what 30 to 10. I mean, not impossible. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's where I struggle with the total here. I mean, if anything, I think you could potentially look at a Lions team total because I do think they're going to score a lot of points in this game. Um, but you know, I think between the teaser leg and just laying the points outright with with Detroit, I think to, for me those are probably the better plays here. Agreed. I like the under, uh, not necessarily that I would bet it, uh, and, but potentially the lions over, I I feel the same way. I just don't think green Bay is going to score a lot in this game. Right. Um, I think they're going to struggle, but then there's always the back door cover all this stuff at the end. So I'd rather stick with Detroit on this one. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to game number two, which is the Washington commanders fresh off a six turnover loss to Danny DeVito performance against the Giants going to Dallas, a team that is on a roll, especially against shitty teams where Dallas is minus 10 and a half right now. And the total is 48 and a half. What do we do with game number two? This is a tough spot for Washington and Washington can be tricky because I think we've seen them. They've been one of the most up and down teams in the league. When you look at how they've played, um, Although it is a little deceptive, they've won some games, they've played well in some games, but overall, they're not a great team. And I think we get enamored a little bit, or I do at least, I'll admit, with Sam Howell, because I think he has a lot of potential, um, but he certainly holds the ball. <laughs> you know, We've seen that. He does take sacks. That offensive line is not great in front of him. And their defense is not as strong as I think it was going to be going into the season. They you know, they drafted at the corner position, expecting an upgrade that didn't get there. And then obviously they shipped off their two edge rushers at the trade deadline. So now your, your defense is not quite as, as deep as it, it it probably would have been or should have been going into the season. So when you look at and you put all that together, here's what I see. Dallas at home has been dominant. Um, They have been, you know, literally blowing people out and, the matchup again, we talked about it in the Lions and Packers, that Cowboys ability to generate pressure, number two in the league generating pressure against that Washington offensive line. We could see a lot more sacks for Sam Howell. We could see a lot more turnovers in this game. It's going to be tough for him. I just, I don't think this is the only thing I would say as far as the spread goes. I think Dallas blows them out in this game. I, I really do. So again, I, I think you could lay 11, 10 and a half, whatever number you got there. And I mean, I think you could look at that. The back door scares me in this one here because to me, because of the way Howell kind of slings it around and whatever, I could see Dallas being up by 20 points going into the fourth quarter here. And, you know, Howell comes in and, and you know, chucks a couple TDs late, whatever. That would worry me a little bit. So I think that when I'm looking at this game, I'm probably doing a couple things. I'm looking at that Dallas team total, um, you know, and potentially rolling with that because I think they're going to score on this defense. I think they're going to be set up with good field position. Really, as long as they score touchdowns and don't kick field goals, I don't see how they don't get into the mid-30s in this game, to be honest with you. So I think you can look at that Dallas team total. And then obviously – we can talk about it at the end. I mean, it's kind of one of those fun lunch money Thanksgiving Day teasers. But if you want to do some sort of money line parlay with favorites or 10-point teaser, 9-point teaser, that kind of a thing, you can do that with Dallas here. Because, again, much like with Detroit, Dallas isn't going to lose this game. I, I just If they were on the road, 
I could I would be hesitant only because we saw them lay an egg in Arizona. They haven't been quite as good on in, in their road stops, but at home they're just dominating, and the matchup is just too good for them in this game. Yeah, this is Dallas just feels so untrustworthy to me is the problem. Like Fair. they're they're really good. And when they play their best, I legit think that they can give San Francisco Philadelphia trouble in the playoffs in a one-off game. I think they absolutely have a chance to win. And I think they're it's hard to know how real it is where their offense has looked so good lately, but it's been against terrible comp- competition. I like that they've gotten Cooks going a little bit. I think that that's important for their offense, and and he's actually seen the ball a little, so that's great. It's troubling that they can't get Tony Pollard going at all. I know that he had a little bit better yardage this last week against one of the worst rush defenses in the league with Carolina, but every week I think, oh, this is the week he's going to finally get going, and he just doesn't ever get going. Right, And so I don't feel like they can be very balanced. Now, Washington isn't a good defense. So number one, that may not be problematic. And number two, they may be able to run the ball some because Washington doesn't have a very good defense. I guess for me, this is just a trickier one for me to want to bet um, because I can see this game staying close for a little while. You know, if there is a way to try to uh, keep Dallas from getting rolling on defense. It's to run the ball some, slow down that pass rush a little bit. And I know that Washington really loves to throw the ball all the time. <laughs> um, they got to they, they try to get Howell dropping back on almost every play. But if they can run the ball with Robinson some, even if he's only getting three or four yards of carry, I think they can slow the game down a little bit and maybe keep this game in a, a reasonable place where Dallas isn't able to get on that roll where they just go up by 30. Now, there's also the possibility of, you know, a sack fumble and the defense scores a touchdown. I absolutely could see that happening. The Dallas offense has been looking good. And so I'm kind of talking out both sides of my mouth, but I think it's just because I don't trust Dallas to play the way that they can play right now. Agreed, them being at home is good. I think, again, playing on Thanksgiving Day is, a, is kind of a big deal. So that's probably a good thing. My favorite thing to do here probably is to tease Dallas. Um, but even there, like you're talking about, do you get, you know, depending on the book, what a book will give you eight points or something to try to get this to a field goal or less? Um, Cause I do think Dallas wins. They just have too much talent and Washington's not a good team. Um, but I will say also coming off that loss to the giants last week, which was horrific. There's no doubt but they turned the ball over six times. I mean, like the Giants are terrible. Otherwise, they would have lost by 40 in that game because they hardly had the ball after they turned it over every time they touched it. So I just think that that, some of their games have looked better than they actually are, but I think that one makes them look worse than they actually are. I think this is a below-average team, not a worst-in-the-league team, and yes, getting rid of their edge rushers was a big deal. It's not a good defense. I'm talking around in circles enough. I, I think for me, it's teasing Dallas for fun and otherwise probably staying away from this game, unfortunately for me. Yeah, I, I don't I don't fault you on that. And kind of like you said, I even though if you asked me to pick a side, I would lay the big points with Dallas. I am not betting that. Um, I guess I should have probably been more clear on that. And, and really, to me, it comes down to home versus away. And I think all the points you made are very valid. If this game were in Washington, I would actually be a little bit nervous for Dallas, to be honest with you. But I think they're one of those teams that play so much better at home 
that I don't worry as much as I would. If this game were on the road, to me, it would be like, hey, this could be a slip up spot for Dallas, kind of like we saw with Arizona. But I just I don't see that happening here at home with the matchup. One as we're talking, one other thing I might watch. I know we don't talk about live betting a lot, though. I I do some live betting. Um, I have been more the last few weeks. If this if this is a game where Dallas makes a couple mistakes early and Washington does slow it down some, and you get where at the end of the first quarter it's like six to six to zero or six to three Washington or something, and maybe you get that Dallas number to come down under ten. I think that would be a potential thing to look at as well, um, where Dallas probably gets it rolling eventually. But you know, and, and maybe they do right from the beginning. But that's the beauty with live betting; you can just let it go if they do. <laughs> so, right, um, that's something I may watch as well. Yeah, good. Call. Uh, in terms of the total, uh, any any thoughts on that? Quick, I know you'd send maybe Dallas's team total. Yeah, I mean, if anything, if I were looking at totals, that's what I would do here. Just because, again, I'm not sure on Washington. I. I lean over just because I think Dallas is going to put up a lot of points. And like I said, I could see Washington late, maybe putting some points on the board once it gets out of hand. But I I don't think I want to touch that total, though. Yeah, I kind of see this game going one of two ways, which you could be like, well, no shit. But I think there's more than two ways it could go. And, And I think one of them is conducive to the over, which is Dallas gets out fast and then Washington has to chase. Right. And in that situation, I do think it ends up being high scoring because either Washington is scoring or Dallas even gets some turnovers and different things, some some big sacks, and they're able to put up more points. The other way I can see it going again is if Washington is able to run the ball some, I could see them slowing it down a bit. And then the game could bog down some, and I'd be a little more concerned about the over. So I'm with you. I think I'd probably lean that way, but like you, not enough for me to bet that total. Yeah, definitely either not. way. So yeah, yep. All right. Well, let's go to the nightcap. Eight twenty Eastern. San Francisco goes to Seattle. Uh, I read today that Pete Carroll is hopeful that Geno Smith is going to play after the arm contusion or whatever it was that he got, but it sounds like that is not certain yet um san francisco is a six and a half to seven point favorite depending mostly six and a half right now it looks like uh though you can find a seattle plus seven minus 118 at FanDuel right now the total on this game is lower 42 and a half also kenneth walker went out in that game last week so i don't think we know for sure it sounds maybe more doubtful that he'll play though uh, again on a short week it's hard so seattle maybe I don't know if they're reeling. I mean, if they hit a long field goal, they win that game against the Rams, but it wasn't a great look at least uh, in that game. So now they're playing the big boy of the division and the 49ers who have come out of the bye and gotten it rolling again. Can Seattle make this a really competitive game? Kind of keep it in that touchdown range. Do you think? I think they can. Um, Right now, to me, this Niners team is a juggernaut, so I just can't bet against them. I I think conventional wisdom would tell you that in this division game, Seattle, I think, is a quality team. You would want to take the points at home, and, and I think that is what conventional wisdom would tell you. But I, I'm just not going against this Niners team right now. I think that they are too good. I think right now, in my opinion, and of course this can change week to week, but I think they're the class of the league right now. I, I think that they're, you know, if I said there's one team I just don't want to play, it's it's the 49ers. Um, so 
I think you brought up a couple interesting things. Is Geno Smith going to play? I think so. It sounded like it, although to your point, not definite. I guess the question there is how big of a downgrade do we give this team? I mean, honestly, I you know, Smith has been okay. Um, he hasn't been great. He's been very average. So it's like, how much of a downgrade do you really have there? To be honest, I think the loss of Kenneth Walker might be more, uh, you know, of a of an issue in this game than Geno Smith even potentially, um, which sounds crazy. But, you know, again, with the way Smith's playing, I don't know. So for me, I'm kind of looking at it this way here. If conventional wisdom tells me to take the points at home with Seattle – but I don't want to go against the Niners for me. That's a throw my hands up and pass. Like I, you know, it's, it's, it's that old wrestling with analytics versus your gut, which, which do you like there? Do you like analytics? Do you like your gut? And even though this isn't necessarily an analytical play, that's kind of where I see this one. So for me, it's a pass. I am looking at this week and normally when you have these like Thanksgiving day games or these games with two or four games, normally at least one favorite goes down. I mean, I, I mean, it's you can almost count on it, right? I think the books are going to get slaughtered on Thanksgiving because I think you're going to see a lot of favorite money line parlays, and I think you're going to see yeah. teasers here. And I don't think San Francisco is losing this game. Are they going to cover? I don't know, but I just don't see. I think they're just too much. They're just substantially better than Seattle. And they're only up right now by one game in the NFC West. So it's not like, ah, we can take our foot. They got to win this so they can basically stretch out that division. So I'm looking at this and saying, I already talked about teasing the Lions. Why wouldn't you tease the Lions and the Niners here? I mean, that's kind of where my, my mind is right now is why wouldn't you tease those? So I'm looking at teasing San Fran. I think that is the safest, surest thing for me when I look at this. And then the last thing I'll say is, um, credit to you because you called this out last week. Uh, now, granted, it only got home by half a point, but the the Niners team total over did get home um, and it got home pretty early. I think if they had to score more, they they could have or would have. They just kind of took, you know, at the end there, did, didn't really didn't do a whole lot in the fourth quarter. But if you look right now, that totals 24 and a half. And I realize that going into Seattle in a night game, that's going to be rowdy. So I'm not suggesting the Niners are just going to go out there, you know, gangbusters, whatever. But again, for a team when healthy that routinely puts up 30 points, 24 and a half is not the worst look in the world to expect a healthy 49ers offense to get to, um, you know, in this game. So I think you can also look at that angle as well. Yep. Uh I'm going to get to the side, but I'm going to start with the total here. Uh, I like the over. Uh, obviously, San Francisco's defense is really good, and Seattle's offense is not always really good. <laughs> and the Kenneth Walker injury is an issue, absolutely. Like you said, Geno Smith probably is going to play. To your point, how big of an, a deal is it? I don't know. Drew Locke has not often looked good in the NFL, so maybe, maybe he's even worse than Geno Smith has been. But what I look at to some extent is these splits between road and home for the Seahawks. They've just been so much better at home than they have been on the road, and especially scoring. I mean, they scored 29 against it's Washington, uh, but 24 against the Browns, 20 against the Cardinals. Then we're getting back to the beginning of the season, but 37 against the Pan Panthers. They're also giving up plenty of points in many of those games. Um, and so it's just been higher scoring overall. This is a fairly low total. You can still get 42 and a half. 
you talked about the Niners team total, and I definitely don't mind that either. I mean, to me at this point, if they're going to give you 26 and a half or less, it's just an auto bet because they've gone over every time. So, uh, but I like Seattle to be able to score some in this game as well. Um, San Francisco does tend to give up some plays down the field if you can get the time to throw it there. Um, and I think that, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they can give Geno any time uh, to push the ball downfield a little bit. But with Metcalf and Lockett and JSN, I think they have the weapons to be able to try to do that some. And so I think they're going to be able to score some in this game. Uh, that's something I haven't bet yet, but I think I probably will. Uh, that That's probably one of the things I like most in terms of the Thanksgiving Day stuff here. In terms of the side, I'm with you on teasing the Niners. It's very hard to take a position against them right now, especially when, and you alluded to this when you said San Francisco for you is the tops in the league. We talk about different levels between teams. These teams are on different levels. Uh, Seattle, of course they can beat San Francisco in a one-off, maybe even two out of 10 times, I would say, because uh, they're okay. But San Francisco's really good. <laughs> and so I think they definitely win this game more often than not. I started a couple weeks ago, and maybe I should have been doing this the whole season. It would have been fun. But just uh, writing down and thinking through, what would I bet if I had to bet the spread on every game? And if you put that to me, I think I would take the points with the Seahawks here. I know how you said it's kind of square. It's like what you do, you take the points with the Seahawks at home. But they've just been better at home. And um, and I think they can hang in this one. I think they can make it an interesting game. And I think they do end up losing by somewhere between three and seven. So especially if I can get the seven, you know, um, but that is something I probably won't bet. I'll probably be sticking to the game total and the Niners team total in this one. So. Yeah, I like it. I, I think you bring up some good points with Seattle at home and their offensive prowess compared to on the road. And I think that there's something to it, you know, and when you look at that, I mean, in in today's NFL compared to years, the previous two, three, four years, 42 and a half is a pretty low total to your point. So um, I hear, I, I definitely don't hate that. All right. Well, let's move on to Black Friday, where some may be out shopping, though now Black Friday, it like already started. We're recording this on Monday and I'm seeing a whole bunch of shit for Black Friday. So I don't even know what Black Friday means anymore. Uh, like I cared about Black Friday. I'm making it sound like I'm on some kind of uh, soapbox here for Black Friday. I'm not. Let's talk about football. Miami going to the Jets. Miami coming off kind of an ugly, narrow win over the Antonio Pierce-led Las Vegas Raiders. The Jets coming off yet another gross performance. We don't even know if Zach Wilson's going to start this game for the Jets. I mean, maybe Salah came out and has said so, but I haven't seen a report on that. Not surprising that the Dolphins are getting nine and a half here. In some places, it's 10 already. Miami's offense struggled last week, and they have struggled against good defenses at times this year. The Jets have a solid defense. Do you think this is one where the Dolphins are able to run them off the field, or does that Jets defense keep this within reach? So... Let me give myself a CLV trophy here. I, I pre-bet the Dolphins minus seven at tease them when they were minus seven. Um, you know, so I feel really good about that because I don't I don't think the Dolphins are going to lose this game. But I actually think with that number creeping into double digits, I, I think the Jets are the right side here. So 
Robert Sala actually did come out. Tim Boyle is going to be the starting quarterback. Okay. For the Jets. I wondered. He is. All right. Yeah. So, um, I don't think anybody knows what that means. I mean, I don't think Tim Boyle is anybody that's going to light the league on fire, but usually good teams, they'll rally around a quarterback change, a backup quarterback. And I'm sure that defense is just excited at this point to not have that Zach Wilson led offense out there. I don't put all their struggles on Zach Wilson. I mean, that offensive line has been injured all year. They've, they've mixed and matched players and that's tough. Even if you're a good quarterback, let alone if you're a young quarterback, that's maybe not that good. So it's going to be tough, but I think what, what you said is the Dolphins against good defenses have not been the 40-point-a-game Dolphins. They've looked very average against good defenses, and I think that we could see that here, particularly, again, on the road. Another team, there, there's about five or six teams in the league that have been substantially better at home than they have on the road the Dolphins being one of them. Now, part of that is scheduling. They played some cupcakes at home and they've handled business and beat up on them pretty good. But I think to to when I look at this game here, divisional game, Jets with a little bit of life behind a new quarterback there. And I think their defense can slow them down because I think they can actually match up with those receivers. Um, Miami needs to run the football in this game, plain and simple. You can run on this Jets defense. It's a very good defense, but you can run on them. It's going to be interesting to see how much Miami tries to commit to the run here or how much they're able to run, because to me, that's going to be the difference in them in this game. But when I look at it, though, here, if I'm playing the side, I'm taking the Jets here if, if I'm getting 10 points here, because I just have a feeling kind of like that Raiders game this week, that this could end up being, you know, 20 to 13, just like we saw this last week, where it could be a very similar type game. I don't know if I'm going to bet it because I don't know if I can stomach betting on Tim Boyle and the New York Jets at this point, <laughs> but I really do think they keep this thing within striking distance here. And I just, I don't think this is a game that Miami puts up 40 points. Uh, I'm the same. Miami will probably come out and have a trend-breaking performance against a good defense at some point, but I'm starting to feel like this offense is a little suspect unless they meet almost no resistance. If they can't get the run going, obviously Tyree Kill, Waddle, they're great, but you know that they're there, right? And I mean, that doesn't mean you can fully stop them, but it's not like they're replete with just weapon on weapon on weapon. Raheem Mostert is their running back. He's okay. <laughs> uh, when If HN can come back and be healthy, that could be great. But he got a knee injury again this last week. So uh, it didn't sound like it was too serious. Um, but again, dinged up. So I'm definitely not betting this game just because I don't believe in the Jets offense at all. And right. when and I mean, who does? <laughs> not, not a hot take there. <laughs> But when you give the ball back over and over and over, it's like, okay, how many chances do the Dolphins need to eventually be able to score? Um, but I, it's probably, I'm I'm sure it's a square play, but I don't mind the under here. I just still don't think the Jets are going to be able to score much. And I think Miami, at least so far, has shown us that away from home against a good defense, they're not going to go off. Um, they probably score in that 17 to 24 range somewhere. And then the Jets probably score in the zero to 10 range, I would imagine. So 
the the total's low. It's 40 and a half. So I, I certainly haven't bet it. Um, I will say also, I don't hate uh, even teasing the Dolphins if you can get them at nine and a half still down to two and a half. I think the likelihood they win this game by a field goal or better is pretty high. For sure. Um, you know, I think that that number of seven that you initially got it at is probably more in the range of what I think this game looks like is that seven-ish point win for the Dolphins. So if anything, I would maybe tease the Dolphins down to two and a half. Great job to you getting it at seven. That's a good tease. Thank you. Let's let's see if uh let's see if Miami can keep the Jets offense from scoring. Yeah, I mean, uh Zach Wilson on the bench, maybe that's what they need. I to your point, teams do it does see do often tend to rally at least for a game yeah. behind a new quarterback. You're you're that's a good insight. So um another reason to maybe not want to bet that big of a number on the Dolphins. Uh before we move on, so you've got the Thanksgiving Day games. You've got we'll we'll include this game on Friday if you want it. Whether it's a two-team six-point, maybe it's a, a three-team seven-point, maybe it's a ten-point, whatever. What would your favorite teaser be if people want some action on these Thursday and Friday games? I, I mean, I feel like the most responsible teaser is going to be a two-point, uh, or I'm sorry, two-team six-point teaser with the Lions and the 49ers. I mean, that's probably the responsible way if you're going to play these. But I, I'll be honest, you can get a three-team money line parlay for plus 105. Mm -hmm with the Lions, with the Cowboys, and with the Niners. I said it earlier, traditionally one of these teams trips up, one of these big favorites trips up, but this year it's hard to see that. Yes, it could happen. It's football. It's it's any given Sunday or Thursday in this case, but I, I think you know that money line parlay at plus money when you've got teams that I think you mentioned, they're just on different levels. I, it's hard to see those teams losing. So for me, that Thanksgiving Day money line parlay at plus money, I love the two teams six point teaser. Um, and I mean, if you really want to get crazy and you want to throw the Dolphins in, you could do like a four team nine point teaser, get everybody under the field goal there, um, and you know you could make some make some money that way. But I, at that point, you're getting a little reckless. So I don't know if I would necessarily recommend that. But sometimes. You know, you're you're with the family. You got to have a little sweat going for these games, so you, you got to throw a little bit of money out there and do something. Right. You just it's ten dollars is burning a hole in your pocket, right? That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like you're, you're there. You're you're you know everybody's got the one uncle that's drunk and doing whatever, and you know it's like you got to have something going on. So put a little bit of money on on some kind of big money line parlay and see what you can do. After talking through this, I think the only thing that uh, I'm going to deviate slightly from what I like what you said, and I do think the Lions are my favorite leg of the teaser this week. I like the Niners, but I actually kind of like the Jets, uh, especially if you're going to get them over 17 going that other way. I just don't see it being that big of a blowout. So I'm not pumped about that teaser. I will not be laying any significant money on it but maybe i will find five or ten bucks to throw on it just yeah, throw a little lunch money on there so. there you go all right let's move on and look at some of these sunday games try to pick off a few here we'll we'll, we'll talk about a few that maybe are of interest um and then come back and hit any that you or i like just from the betting angle the first one i want to talk about is actually kind of a shitty game, but it's sort of an important game. And that is the Saints going to the Falcons. This is basically a pick 'em. 
Uh, you can get minus 102 on the Saints at FanDuel and minus 108 on the Falcons at DraftKings. So we're very close to a pick em. The total here is 42 or 42 and a half. Man, both these teams have been incredibly underwhelming. Bad coaching, bad play, pretty pathetic offense all around. But somebody's got to win the NFC South, man. I mean, they they give it to someone at the end of the year, and these are two of the teams in the running. So this is a big game for these two. Do you find any significant edge on either side here? Not really. I I mean, this is kind of the NFC South. This is kind of what we expected going into the season. Like, hey, somebody's got to win it, and we figured it would probably be one of these two teams. Obviously, Tampa's hanging around there. But when you look at this, you kind of say – they're probably going to split home in a way, right? Uh, you, you figure the home team's probably going to win because realistically, these teams are pretty even overall when you look. And I think you kind of mentioned it. They're both potentially two of the worst coach teams in the league. I, you know, I, gosh, I've seen some metrics with both of their offensive coordinators and they're, I mean, it's ugly. It's just not it's good. I give a slight edge to the Saints here, but I'm not betting them just because, like I said, I think that the home team for me has the advantage here. I, I still think the Saints are slightly better than the Falcons overall. Um, but I, when I say slightly, I mean really slightly, <laughs> like not, not by a lot by any means. So I can't justify with this Saints team on the road, you know, even in a pick them. And, and I think they might come away with a win. But again, I just feel like when you look at this from a distance, it's like, okay, the home team's probably going to win when these two teams play. But that's not enough for me to bet Atlanta either. I don't trust whatever they're doing at the quarterback position. Um, I, I just, I don't. The Saints are a little banged up. They've had some injuries the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, it's just, to me, this is just kind of one of those games that, like you said, someone's going to win this. Someone's going to probably win this division. But what is it? What is it? So I, I really have no strong feelings here at all. I, I think if you said you have to pick it, I would pick New Orleans, but I sure as heck am not going to. Pretty much the same. I freaking hate both of these teams For right sure. now. They suck to watch. Uh, they suck at football. I just keep thinking New Orleans should be good uh, because you look at some of the talent they have on that team and you're like, oh, okay, so this is going to be a pretty good team. And they're just not week after week after week. So I'm with you that there's not much to do with it. Uh, from you know, perspective. Depending upon what you look at, I didn't mean to jump in there, but it, if you look, their offensive coordinator, Carmichael, is, is basically rated the worst offensive coordinator in the entire league. And it's not even close between him and I forget who is next, but it, it, it wasn't Canada. even close. What's Maybe. that? Matt Canada, maybe. I, I think it might have been Canada, actually. I'm not <laughs> sure. But but yeah, but it wasn't close. So it's like, to your point, I think they do have some talent. I mean, that offense, they should be able to, to move the ball, and they just don't. But again, I think when you look, it's like they don't have a lot of great ingenuity and creativity on their offense there and, and you know, whatever. So again, I, I won't belabor the point. It's just, it's just kind of ugly football, and it kind of – as a fan of a team in the AFC, it makes me mad that one of these teams is probably going to be in the playoffs and you got teams in the AFC that are going to be sitting at home on the couch watching. It's it's frustrating. It should make everyone mad. These teams, yeah. it's just so bad. I will say two things betting-wise real quick here. 
I'm considering taking the under. A, another one that is pretty square because these teams don't score a lot, but they also don't score a lot. And so, right. uh, in the I expected this total actually to be like 38 and a half, and it's still at 40 and a half right now. Especially the way the over under has been this year, it's been so low. So getting over 40, I, I'm considering that under. The other thing here is this screams somebody wins by a field goal. Yeah. So if you're watching this game and either team scores a touchdown and you get plus three and a half on the other side, I'd think about it live because yeah. this just screams like somebody with two seconds left kicks a 38 yard field goal to win the game. It, it's a great call. I mean, I don't think there's any way either of these teams win by more than seven points. I mean, I think it's a yeah. field goal game for sure. So I, I think you're right. I mean, 20 to 17 seems almost guaranteed in this game. It feels like it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go on to a, a, an actual game that should be more interesting and also meaningful, a, a bit surprisingly from the beginning of the year anyway, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars going to Houston. Only one game separates these teams in the division. Houston is getting two points at home, and the total is 47.5, 48.5, again, depending where you look. Jacksonville bounced back big last week, but I think we sort of expected them to. Uh, man, Houston's proving week over week that they are not, they're no joke. Uh, so do you think Jacksonville can keep it rolling against a team that at this point, I think we have to look at as a, a solid middle of the pack to slightly above team in the Houston Texans. I am, I'm torn on this one and, and I haven't really fully dived into it yet to see if there's any kind of edges or angles I can find, but initial, kind of evaluation for me is this kind of like we said with the Niners different different circumstance but I don't know that I want to get in front of that Texans train right now um they are playing good football they they really are and you know you start looking and saying okay if Stroud's as good as he's looked the last month here all of a sudden their offensive line is getting healthy and these young receivers, it's like you talk about an offensive coordinator that is drawing things up. These yep. guys are getting open all over the place. Yep. And you start saying, wow, that, that's tough to defend. So I flip it over to the other side here. And I this is going to be an interesting test. So you you go through the last two weeks when Stroud's been, you know, lighting it up as far as yardage goes and that they've run the football really well. Um, and against the Bengals. And then this last week, Devin Singletary was over 100 yards both games. And that's not going to happen, I don't think, against this Jags defense. I don't think they're going to be able to run on them. So that's going to put it all in C.J. Stroud. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with him having to throw against a good defense. So do I want to get in the way of that? No, because I wouldn't be surprised if Stroud continues to play well. And, you know, he does he does throw on that defense, especially at home. But I also am not banking on that. I think this could be a little bit of a stumbling reality check where people kind of are like, okay, maybe the Texans aren't the Super Bowl team that all of a sudden, you know, people are starting to talk about as this amazing team. I think if you're asking me, I think they stumble here. And I do think Jacksonville wins this game. There's one other thing, and we talked about it with the Jags last week. Trevor Lawrence against pressure, no bueno. Trevor Lawrence with time to throw, very good. Um, no quarterback has as big of a discrepancy under pressure versus not under pressure than Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a betting angle you can play on for the rest of the season. I think you literally look at their opponent and say, do they get after the quarterback? If the answer is yes, 
you don't want to back the Jags. If the answer if the answer is no, you want to back the Jags and they're going to score some points. Houston does not get after the quarterback particularly well. They're not at the bottom of the pack, but they're also in the they are in the bottom half. I think they're like 17th maybe in pressure, something like that. But I think that's a I think that's not enough pressure to where I think Lawrence will be comfortable enough in the pocket. And I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Jags get it done, but I don't want to bet it because again, I just don't want to go against this Houston team right now. I would rather sit this one out. You could look at the total; it's high. I mean, that's a, for this it's year high. in the NFL. For this year in the NFL, that's high. Um, but I don't really want any part of that either because I kind of have this around a fifty-point you know contest here. So. I'm kind of looking at this one at least right now and saying this is an important game. This could be a fun game, very interesting game. I don't necessarily have anything from a betting perspective that tells me you should go this direction or not. Yeah, to your point, uh, just looked at on PFF, the Texans are 22nd in 22nd, in okay. uh, in pressure rate. So like you said, bottom, what is that, bottom third of the league? And obviously, that's not game by game. That's an average. So who knows if they're improving or whatever. I didn't have the time to go look into that. Yeah, man, you nailed it with the stuff with Trevor Lawrence. So I would say the Jags, to me, have been pretty disappointing in terms of what I thought they could be overall as a team, but especially offensively coming into this year. I mean, I really thought, okay, this is a team that's going to contend uh, at the top of the AFC and have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. Not that they should be the favorite or something. I don't think they really have that chance, to be honest, um, because of what you said about Trevor Lawrence against pressure. And that offense just is too inconsistent to get it done against the the big boys, I would say, um, in the AFC in the playoffs. So I don't think this team is, is going to the cha- AFC championship. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. However, they're playing the Texans who yes have had an awesome run and are much better than I thought they were. I mean, Me a few weeks ago I was saying this team's going to prove they're not that good. What they they've proven otherwise. They're good. But they're not great. And so I would put them in a similar tier to the Jaguars, maybe a little bit below. And and I think that what uh could be interesting here is that the Jaguars have 20 takeaways this season. Um, and the majority of those are on interceptions. So I, I think they actually are going to maybe be able to cause some trouble for CJ Stroud here. It doesn't mean he won't throw for a bunch of yards because he's shown he's going to do that all the time. But to me, the differentiator in this game is the Jags defense. Um, they've just been they've been really good. And so I think that they're going to be able to limit Houston enough to get this one done. But I think it's a really close game. And the reason that I'm not going to be betting this, the main reason, is I have enough NFL futures on the Jags to win this division. Me too. In a variety of things that, like, uh, it's not good for me if they lose this game. And I don't want to lose more money on it than I'm already going to anyway uh, if they lose. So that if I had nothing, I would consider betting the Jags. But too much invested for me already to go that direction. Yeah, that's a great point because I'm heavily invested in in that as well. Um, I really didn't even factor that in, but you're right. It's that's <laughs> a good point. I mean, I a lot's riding on this, and if Houston can beat them, all of a sudden there's some pressure on on in that division for sure. So absolutely, they'd have the tie break too because right. they beat the Jags right. the first time. So right. it's a really big game. For, I think it is a big, much bigger game for the Jags 
um, than I it is. Hundred percent agree. Yep, absolutely. Because Houston loses this game, there were no expectations, and they definitely can still make it to the playoffs. Right, uh, losing this game. Right. Yep. So. All right. Um, let's see. Let's pick off a couple more here. Let's talk about uh, your Bills against the Eagles. Obviously, we're recording this Monday night, so we haven't seen the Eagles against the Chiefs yet, but we kind of know what we're getting with these teams. I mean, unless Jalen Hurts goes down or something, I don't think we're getting so much new information. Uh, Buffalo obviously looked really good this past week. Do they have what it takes to uh, get the upset here against the Eagles? I don't think so. Um, I you could make an argument for them covering the three and a half by the hook. And and I only say that because their losses when they lose are, are by a field goal. I mean, they don't get run out of the gym. So I, I think you could make the argument to bet them plus three and a half. Um, but the Eagles are going to win this game. You know, like you said, barring some kind of crazy injuries tonight or things like that there there's going to be too much of an advantage for Philadelphia in the trenches. That's going to be to me, the big difference there. Um, I think there's a coaching advantage for the Eagles as well in this one, which I think plays a factor. Obviously, there's a home field advantage. Um, you know, the Bills, not quite like Dallas or Seattle or some of the teams we mentioned earlier, but they've been much better at home than they have on the road, too. So I think, you know, when you kind of put all that together, it, it's a little too much for them to overcome. And they're potentially going to be without four defensive backs in this game. Um, it, it's looking that way. And when you're playing A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and, you know, and that and a quarterback that can scramble, playing without some of your key guys like that, on top of some of the guys they already had injured for the season there, that that's just not a, a good look. And I think it's when I look at like the, the way the Bills defense played against the Jets, they were going against a patchwork offensive line and Zach Wilson, who couldn't make decisions. I mean, you know, they, they showed a couple of replays where it's like, Hey, if the ball comes out here, you got the guy. And I think in those situations, Jalen hurts makes the throw. Um, not to mention, even if they could get pressure hurts has a little bit of a loose elusivity, um, whatever that word is, elusivity, whatever. Um, so anyways, that's a long way of saying, I, I think the Eagles win this game. Do I feel confident betting them with the hook? No. What I would want to do is see if this line perhaps moves. Um, if it hits three, I probably would hit Philly at that point. Um, otherwise, I'm probably it's probably a pass for me. I don't necessarily have a strong feeling on the on the on the total either. Um, and I'm actually waiting because at least I I looked on Bovada earlier and they don't have the individual team totals up yet. But again, I think Philly's going to score in this game. I think the Bills are going to have a hard time getting after Jalen Hurts, and and I think they're going to put some points up. I don't mind the over in this game. Uh, I, I think that, man, this is such a tough one for, for me because uh, I hate to say it, but I, I think the Bills are in a tough spot for this season uh, with the state of their defense. Yes, they had one good offensive game, but I don't know that that means that everything is solved on that side of the ball either. But at the same time, they have the offensive firepower to put up a lot of points in any game. So I don't think you can ever say like, oh, the Eagles defense is good, so the Bills are only going to score 17 points. We, I mean, the Bills are capable of putting up 27, 30 points on pretty much anyone on the right night. And so that's the thing that makes it hard for me to bet this. I think along with what you're saying, I would look to the over potentially. Cause I do think the bills defense is the unit that's in the biggest trouble in this game. 
Um, so I would look there and then potentially I'd look at the Eagles. I do kind of want to see what happens on Monday night though. Uh, it's a little narrative ish, but if they beat Kansas city, you know, I, I could see it being a little bit of a letdown spot for Philly then <laughs> to get this big win and then come back home. If they lose to Kansas city, I think they get kind of back on, on the right. trail and, and, and win this game, you know, not, not by a massive amount, but a touchdown wouldn't be surprising to me. Yeah, I think you you've nailed that too. I think that depending upon what happens on this Monday night game could factor into that as well a little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh well, Yanni, let's uh looking at the rest of the slate. Um, let's just pick out if there are any other games that are interesting to you that you like from a betting perspective and just hit a few of those before we get out of here. Uh anything jumping out for you? Well, so to be honest with you, not a ton. I actually like the Thanksgiving Day games, the Black Friday. I think you know, we found some angles there. The, the Sunday slate, I, I don't necessarily love, but I would say this. I think the Browns are a good teaser leg this week. Right now, they're plus two and a half at Denver. That gets them to plus eight and a half. I don't know that Denver is that good, and I realize that they're on a winning streak and you know they're playing much better than they were early in the season, but are they blowing anybody out? I mean, are they blowing that Browns defense out by double digits? Maybe. I mean, not impossible, but I think that, you know, teasing the Browns to eight and a half is definitely interesting um, or definitely a, a consideration, I would say. But the other thing I like here is we've talked about some team totals. I like the Baltimore Ravens team total against the Chargers here. I think right now this Chargers defense is a mess. Not only that, Brandon Staley's seat is as hot as anyone in the league yeah. right now, and he's taking heat for that defense. And I'm never going to, you can't handicap and plan on this happening but we've seen teams give up on their coaches before and would I be shocked if the Chargers are down early in this game if all of a sudden that defense just kind of eh, you know whatever and oh by the way Joey Bosa's out again yeah I, I can't stay healthy yep. um you know one of their big three on defense can't stay healthy there so I think when you look at this here, I, I want to say it was 23 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, um, for Baltimore's team total, maybe 24 and a half. But e either way, I think, you know, they can get to 27 points in this game. The Chargers give up points to everybody here. So I don't necessarily like laying the points with Baltimore because I could see them winning this game by a field goal. Um, but I also, I just think that even if, one of two things to your point is going to happen. The Chargers are either going to lay down, but I, I beyond that, even if they don't lay down, I think it's a higher scoring game. And I trust Baltimore to get over their total here. So I like the Ravens team total this week. I think at 23 and a half or 24 and a half, whatever you get there, um, I think is playable. So you could shop around uh, DraftKings and maybe it's moved, you know, uh, 26 and a half is minus one. Let me look here. Right Cause now. I looked earlier on Bovada. I'm looking now. It I mean, has 24 and a half is minus 130, but what was okay? I, well, right now they have Bovada has it moved to 25 and a half. Okay. Um, so, you know, you need 26 points. But again, I think they get to 27 in this game. I mean, everybody's putting 30 up on this Chargers defense here. And, you know, I, I think, again, they're not very good to begin with. You, you look at Bosa, you look at the dynamic with the coach there. It's just a spot where. And don't get me wrong, we've seen the Ravens tinker around and put the ball yep. on the ground and, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's always a concern, I think, with this Baltimore team. But I feel like they're going to be able to move the ball pretty easily in this game. So, as long as they don't just get too sloppy, 
I, I just, they're going to get in the high, high twenties here. I think. Yeah. I, man, this is another one of those where the chargers are going to fool me every game. I mean, I bet them against the Packers last week. Um, and, and you look at that talent, it's almost like new Orleans. Oh, they, they should be good. I think Baltimore's actually good. Right. And I think with Bosa out now too, I mean, I like that team total over and I like even the points with the Ravens. I, I just think that this could be an absolute blowout. Good. Could they keep a close fight? Of course, they always could. But um, I do like the Ravens in that one and potentially as like a money line parlay piece too. The, the, the scariest thing is just that Baltimore does mess around sometimes, it seems. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, another game you mentioned, I like Cleveland at the plus two and a half. I think Denver's a little bit of fool's gold. Um, you watch that game against the Vikings. Uh, there were a couple things that just needed, and that's a lot of NFL games, but let's not get too hyped on Denver <laughs> beating like okay teams and probably recovering to what they should be, which is a mediocre team. Cleveland is still a dominant defense. And yeah, that that's enough said on that one. I, I like Cleveland getting points against a team like Denver, even in Denver. And then the other thing I'll say, just talking about Minnesota and Chicago on Monday night, I kind of like the under in that game. Um, man, God bless Josh Dobbs. Exciting story, all that. kind. And, and I'm not saying this. Because he made some awesome plays in that game even. So it's not like he was so bad or something. But it's all short passing game. It's uh, much less consistent. And some of that could be that he hasn't been there as long. He doesn't take care of the ball incredibly well, which Kirk Cousins didn't always take care of the ball incredibly well either. He does make some good plays with his legs. Again, I'm not too down on him. Like I, he's he's filled in admirably. Um, but I think that that uh, Chicago defense has gotten healthier. Uh, is playing with with sweat now. I think they're playing a little better. I think Minnesota's going to struggle to score a little bit there. They may hold Justin Jefferson out another game, get through the bye without him playing because they have a bye after next week. But on the other side, man, that Minnesota defense is fun to watch right now. Mm -hmm. Even if they give up some plays, man, they're getting some stuff done. And the Chicago offense is not phenomenal. Justin Fields is what, what we know he is, and he will probably run for 50, 60 yards because that's what he does. But I think Chicago is going to end up struggling to score against Minnesota too. So I, I see this being a little bit of a grind offensively, and I think it's 44, 44 and a half right now. So that's the other one is I like the under in that. Monday I, night. I like that. I like that. So, all right. Well, uh, Yanni, I hope you have an absolutely wonderful Thanksgiving and uh, that we both, you know, make 20 bucks on that $10 teaser. <laughs> I, I put a little more than just lunch money on these. Oh, so, all right, all know, right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll really be sweating about But no, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. I hope everybody listening has a great Thanksgiving and best of luck with whatever you are betting this weekend. Agreed. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.